Welcome to the Bitcoin Zodiac, the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology, where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the market. Hosted by Corinne Florence and Claire Marinan, who both come from a diverse background, bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology, cryptocurrency, trading, philosophy, investment strategy, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore the economics of the markets following the evolution of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies through each moon cycle and astrological transit. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and come and expand your consciousness with us as we explore the world of the financial markets through an astrological lens. Good morning. Good morning and good evening, still from the the portal of 808 out here in Florida. Yeah. Wow. How was it for you? It was full of energy as expected. I had some beautiful, long, unexpected naps <laughs> um, and just really sat with myself and journaled and was just so grateful to God for life um, and already grateful for all of the beautiful things that I know he's going to bring. Finally got to the ocean again which was really nice I don't know why I'm saying finally it's probably been like three days since I've been but it felt like a really long time (laughs) that's a long time for a Floridian Florida problems right (laughs) when I have it across the road um (laughs) but that was just really nice we had the most beautiful sunset I was like yeah there's my confirmation thank you so much so yeah what about you how was it for you yeah I mean the portal of it I just had like it just felt like a massive influx of energy I was Mm. literally wide awake for the probably three four days even prior to the to the actual pinnacle of it I was like awake at like three four o'clock in the morning Mm. and I'm just like what is going on you know but I um it's interesting because I it's it's not like I was like lying in bed going, I'm so tired, but I just can't sleep. I was literally like ready to go, awake, wide awake and full wow. of energy at like three, four in the morning. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm good because I know I'm going to be shattered the next day. But I think this is where like it's so it's incredible to have the awareness of what is going on in these in these times, because mm. previously or normally when I can't sleep, I find it really stressful because I just am like, oh, I know I'm going to be shattered the next day and I have things to do and and things like that. Whereas because I knew that we were in this window of, you know, very high frequency, high energy, like a lot of energy coming, I was able to just go, OK, OK. This is obviously how my body is integrating this. I'm just going to receive it. And um, yeah, so I spent this specifically yesterday. I spent it um, up by the pool and just journaling and meditating and 
you know, just getting a lot of downloads about the future, mm. the future of what we're building here with this podcast and just getting, you know, just really expansive kind of um, time for, thing, thing, for things like that. So I thought it was really positive. Yeah. I am shattered. Don't get me wrong. Because mm. I've had like no sleep for the last week, really. Um, or, you know, only a couple of hours each night. But I just kind of like surrender right. to that. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is the period that we're in. It doesn't last forever. I will sleep again. And um, yeah, and allow, you know, allow that energy to do its work and really upgrade us all of those um, light frequencies, um, really upgrading us. Yeah, the upgrades. I love just that key word. And I feel like it's been for me really ever since the full moon. For me, it was the full moon. Don't know if it was because my birthday and I couldn't sleep because it was like the countdown to the birthday or if it was actually like because of the full moon. But that was one night that I definitely like couldn't sleep properly. And uh, ever since then, upgrades and downloads but what I mean by upgrades is just like I even like caught myself in my way of like thinking and like my desire to like want to like know more and be more and go and do more which sounds kind of like normal for me but it's like this extra level it's like a deeper level like a deeper desire for knowingness yet I feel like I can say maybe this is the first time in my life where I'm also just in so much faith and just peace of like, but I know that it's all going to be so okay and it's all going to like work out. And just the craziest things have been coming to me, not even just in ideas, but like, opportunities as well yeah. which hopefully one day soon we'll be able to integrate with the podcast here as well and I'm excited for everything that's to come so yeah it's just been very intense energies but beautiful energies and really grateful for it yeah I love it and I mean Leo mm. season is really your time like I love Leo season two mm. it's favorite one of my favorite most favorite times of year because it just feels I don't know, it just feels really uplifting, really powerful, really expansive. And so we are heading into this new moon, Leo new moon. Mm. So it's right. And I, I feel like this it, new moon, because it is in Leo, is, you know, we've just released a lot with this Aquarius full moon, the super moon, which was huge. Yeah. And now that we've released things, and I'm sure that we're continuing to, um, you know, I'm sure many of you are finding very interesting things coming up with relationships, whether it be, you know, romantic or family or friendships or even, you know, business, career, work relationships. And we're seeing a lot of the hard conversations needing to be done sometimes with others sometimes with self a lot of releasing and maybe this is a really big time of shedding and letting go of relationships and this is all because of also the venus in retrograde that we're going through right now and we released it all or started to release it all with this aquarius full moon and now as we head towards the new moon in leo it's like the okay 
now that I've taken weights off my shoulders, let me reset and really put things into action. Like I feel like with this new moon, such a big thing, it's like destiny is calling you and you're ready to like take massive action. And it's kind of also like the luxurious side of Leo where it's like things are finally going to pay off mm-hmm. and that kind of feeling around this. Yeah. Yeah. And leaning, leaning into harvest time, like ready for the fall harvest. Mm. Wow. That's awesome. And it's, it's so interesting yeah. to say that about the shedding um, of relationships. I mean, not necessarily, not so much actually in my personal life, but a very, very close friend of mine is, has mm. really been going through it since that full moon and just, you know, a lot of things coming up with people that she's, you know, given so much and uh, realizing the reality of the shifting of those dynamics and I mean I always think that it's sort of one of the hardest it's one of the hardest lessons to navigate that when you know when you up level and when you lift your frequency there are going to be people in your life that you, you love and you appreciate and you value but they're not operating in the same space and so you you can't you're not going to take everyone with you and they're going to go and do their own thing it's not like oh well I'm higher and they're lower it's it's not about that it's just about each other's life journey and sometimes the frequencies don't match in the same way that they used to and it's such a it's such a difficult lesson to just be able to release that gracefully or allow the dynamics of a friendship to change gracefully you know it's it is it's painful. It's painful. There's no way around it. It it, it, it definitely is, painful, but it's also, um, you know, it's also a really good thing. It's yeah, also a really good thing. And, and you know, space. We we've spoken about the fact that, um, you know, I don't think that there is good and bad emotions. Just all emotions just are, and pain is just a part of life. Like growing pains you know when you're going through puberty oh it hurts all of us go through it and the pain is just a part of it um and so and it doesn't you know, last forever it doesn't exactly. last exactly it's temporary and, and as we just go through these upgrades um that's a part of the upgrades it's the letting go and like you said it's not because you're leaving people behind and below you but it's just a breaking off of different parts and as we grow that's just what happens you know I just look at it even in nature it happens in nature and we're a part of nature so um gratitude gratitude for the moments that people were in our lives and we release them, send them love and light and wish them the best. And maybe paths meet again or maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It just is. Yeah. And and yeah, I I I was gonna say, and speaking of breaking off, <laughs> Bitcoin finally broke above yeah. a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> oh, it's been it's been kind of boring yeah at a macro (laughs) level we're like yawn I mean if you guys are intraday trading you know they're scalping opportunities um but not gonna lie it's just been boring 
but it is nice to see Bitcoin. So as we're recording this, guys, it is the 8th of August um, in Florida, 9th of August out in Thailand. And, you know, we were mentioning in the last podcast that we were really just waiting for that fake out at the full moon in Aquarius, which it did sneaky little Aquarius. It broke out, tricked everybody, came back down. Um, and now it's just doing its natural kind of turn and moving up towards the new moon in Leo. But I don't really have much more to say for what's happened so far because it's been boring. Yeah. Yeah. It's just in that period of really in this consolidation period and, um, I think in terms of Leo, it's also, you know, in a way, in, we're really in the soup, you know, with in, in terms of macro, there's a lot of things that are, there's a lot of moving parts that are going on. Mm. And I always kind of just have been looking back at this time of like, I'm really sort of impressed how Bitcoin has sort of helped through this though. And mm. um, it it doesn't go through the this big, um this big drop off at the sign, the hint of any kind of bad news, you know, it's kind of yeah. just stayed stable. I'm not saying that that is, you know, it's always go like, it's going to do that. You know, there are other aspects that, that will influence that, but I'm, you know, I, I sort of look back at this time when we, we've seen periods of bank collapses and, and all of these different things, new technologies being introduced and Bitcoin has been boring, but it's like not been, at least it's not been exciting to the downside. <laughs> but right. um, so I think it's just sort of, it, it's what has it sort of given me, the impression it's given me is that like, look, I'm not, I'm still not ruling out a 10K Bitcoin, guys. I'm not, I'm absolutely right. not ruling out. I'm not saying it's going to stay stable for a while. In fact, the astrology we're going to talk about shortly is not leaning towards that. But mm. I sort of feel that this period, it's like Bitcoin has sort of proven itself, proven its ability to sort of stand through the storms. Um, yeah. And it's not so swayed back and forth by by the winds of change, you know, that's going on in the macro environment. And I, you know, I'm really impressed by that. It's sort of establishing its own identity. And I think that really mm -hmm. ties in with, with Leo, you know, because Leo is so, so much about confidence and creativity and, you know, even a desire for recognition. And so it's like, let's, let's give that to, let's give that recognition to Bitcoin. Like we're pretty impressed at how you've yeah. navigated this and how you've weathered a lot of these storms. Um, but moving forward, yeah. coming, coming up, we've got some, some interesting things coming up. Oh boy, do we. <laughs> and last episode, we actually spoke about Venus retrograde, the importance that that has on the financial markets. And we spoke about this key date of the 13th of August, which is the Venus inferior conjunction with the sun in Leo and how this is such a key turning point usually um, for Bitcoin. We also see it in indices such as S&P 500, which is one that I've gone and back tested in regards to this. And this is where we're potentially seeing a bit of a turnaround. And before we even go into that, Claire, what else did we say and find out that is happening on the 13th of August? Yeah, so we have um, Kathy Wood, the deadline, Kathy Wood's been on some interviews this week, 
because the deadline for the SEC to sort of, I wouldn't say make a ruling, but at least make a comment to respond to um, the ARK Invest 21 shares um, ETF application. So 21 shares is a Swiss-based company and ARK Invest is headquartered in New York. And they refiled for a spot Bitcoin ETF in April after the SEC rejected its previous attempt in March 2022. And so on the 13th of August, they essentially have to approve, deny or delay the Bitcoin ETF application. Now, Cassie Wood herself mm. has sort of come forward and said she thinks she expects the 13th to come and go and they will just ask for more time because she believes that um, when the SEC does approve an ETF, it won't be just one they approve, they'll approve multiple at a time. So the process mm. is kind of like that the SEC registers um, adds it to their official register, the applications, their official register. And then they have a 20, uh, sorry, 240 day process um, period, which is broken up into four periods of 45 days, 45 days, 90 days, and 60 days. And at the end of the first three periods, the SEC must either, you know, plan to launch, allow the product to launch, um, block it, or again, ask for more time. So Cassie Wood herself has said that, you know, there have been multiple applications. Um, the SEC just added um, Bitwise's application to their federal register, kicking off that 240-day processing period for them. And then there are also similar funds by BlackRock and Fidelity and others that, um, you know, are expected to be added to the register as well, you know, sparking the, that 240-day period. So I think both what Kathy Wood is seeing is that they're going to ask for more time and they will probably, you know, add these, add these at similar times. But what's quite interesting with these is one of the things Kathy Wood said as well is that, you know, what will happen with these multiple ETFs, you know, what multiple approvals will mean is that they won't actually really differentiate themselves really through the product because they're very, very similar but it'll more be mm. how they market it, how they communicate it. And, you know, really it'll be up to investors to choose which company they like the most, which company they trust the most and that sort of thing. But either way it is, you know, that is bullish for Bitcoin's price action. You know, they are all applying to have their Bitcoin custodied with Coinbase. So that is quite a, you know, centralization of, the Bitcoin supply, mm. um, which is, you know, we don't, we love decentralization as much as possible. And so we love it. It doesn't mean that Bitcoin itself is not being, the network is still decentralized, but there's quite a concentration of um, the money supply, the supply of Bitcoin sitting with Coinbase, but um, they will also have to hold these, um, that, you know, that spot Bitcoin. Um, so that will probably be bullish for um, for the price of Bitcoin because they'll need to pick that up. Although don't um, don't rule out also before that period um, a, a, a sharp drop in price, like a pushing down mm -hmm. of the price, so that these kind of big these big entities are not going to be buying Bitcoin at thirty k. Let's, no um, you know, big, big amounts of Bitcoin at 30K. I mean, they don't, it's not like they're going on to 
Coinbase and buying it on the exchange anyway. These are all OTC transactions, of course. But, um, you know, if you kind of see that fluctuation, I, I am expecting some kind of, you know, big pullback um, bef before those ETFs are, are, um, are released. Um, to, yeah. You know, to be, it sounds a bit conspiratorial, conspiratorial but it's really not. That's just how the market's no. Working, you know? And, I mean, uh, it's it's not conspiracy at all. I mean, this is where you just really have to think about it, literally, like logically. You yeah. have these massive companies, right? Let's just go with one hundred and one terminology. Massive, powerful companies that know that even right now, with a what I believe is very decentralized, if not the only decentralized asset that we have out there they still have the power to be able to somewhat manipulate the price in comparison to the us dollar so if that means that they have the ability to go and manipulate the price of the us dollar you think that they're not going to drop it lower than thirty thousand dollars to be able to get their hands on get more or get their hands on more of this incredible asset um at a lower price like I don't think yeah. that's conspiracy at all. It just makes sense. Like it's, it's just, just like duh. it's just um, it's yeah. That's what I mean. It sounds conspiratorial, but that's literally the way it works. Because if you have yeah, if you have if you're an entity and you have market moving capital, and you you need to accumulate a certain asset, like they have to accumulate that. I'm sure they yeah. already are and already have been and already of you know course. have a lot anyway. But I'm not saying that they don't. But um, they have to be able to to um, to move the market in a way that allows them to get a favorable um, entry. So don't um, don't rule that out and think that it's entirely bullish news. Um, it is yeah. it is bullish for the price, I think, in the long run. But um, there there may be a sharp pull down um, in that respect at some point. Yeah. And you know, what's so interesting. So you were talking about the 240 days, right? So, mm -hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong or if I misunderstood this, but what you're saying is so from the day that they will actually go and approve the ETF, then they still need the 240 days to put it all into action. Correct? No, this is the applicant. This is the application no. process. So when they they apply, and then um, the SEC adds it to their federal register, which starts that period where the SEC has to do something. So they have different okay. markers at the forty five day mark, forty five day mark, and um, you know throughout that, and then they um, they have to so forty five day, forty five day, ninety day, and then sixty day. And so the SEC has to, uh, you know, give some indications of whether they're approving, whether they need more information and they need more time or whether they're denying. They have to, so that the SEC basically can't just sit on the applications for eternity. Of course. And just never yeah, makes so sense. That's, yeah. And it sometimes and takes so a while from when they announce that they're going to apply for it all to, yeah. to, for it to actually get on that register, that federal register, and then kick off that that process, that timeline. Gotcha. And so if the SEC was to, on this 13th of August, if they do want to buy more time, mm. it's not going to automatically reset another 240 days or could no. they? 
No, no. They just choose is, how long the time. Yeah, they then have to, they mm. also then have to, um, then the next point of call is 90 days after that. Ah, uh, okay. I was just looking and I was like, 240 days from the 13th of August is essentially exactly around the next Bitcoin halving. But um guess that's maybe not associated. But fun fact, well, guys, precisely that... 252 days to the next Bitcoin halving. Yeah, well, that's interesting because that I mean, this is the process. It's only um, ARK Invest that they need to make a a call on on the 13th yeah. so what this article was also saying was that um you know blackrock and fidelity there's a not haven't actually even been added to the register yet so there's mm. you know that so they won't be like live or approved for a minimum of 240 days so wow. um yeah so it's not like they approve it they're like oh yeah we love we love the etf and we we'll approve it you know, it's it's got to go through that 240 day process. So when you're talking about, you know, we're 252 days from the Bitcoin halving, it would be really interesting if BlackRock and Fidelity were added in the next few, you know, in the next 10 days, and then that 240 days is right around the Bitcoin halving. Their 240 yeah. days right around the Bitcoin halving. So that's yeah, interesting. So interesting, and. Seeing as you've already kind of mentioned it, mm-hmm. how, you know, we are, in in my personal opinion as well, I do expect a pullback. Um, I don't see us just continuing on up from here because, again, they're not going to be buying Bitcoin at 30K. I would love to share a little bit of what I see for the astrology around the new moon which is today for our listeners happy new moon in leo guys (laughs) um so it's really similar astrology between the 13th of august to the 16th of august so 13th of august being that um venus inferior conjunction with the sun in leo and then on the 16th of august being the new moon in leo there's really similar astrology happening for bitcoin now specifically the new moon is happening in the first house which is the house of self or for financial astrology, we associate it to the shareholders. Now, last episode, we spoke about the traders and that being the sixth house. Whereas here, when we're talking about the first house, I really believe that it's like the investors, it's the portfolio holders of Bitcoin that are going to be affected around this time by this new moon. Now, when we have the new moon, we typically create local tops. Um, And so we're looking for a turnaround and coming back down in general towards the full moon. Now, with this Venus inferior conjunction with the sun, we spoke about it last episode, that I do feel like price will come significantly down. Now, is it going to happen immediately? Maybe, maybe not astrology just kind of gives us time ranges 
And what's so interesting about this new moon as is that it's directly in opposition to the natal Neptune of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And Neptune, when it comes to this, Neptune actually, the more that I learn about it, the more I realize it also has a lot to do with health. And what I really got from this is like during this new moon, Bitcoin is going to be sick. Like the word that came to me was like, this is going to be a purge. So again, for me, that immediately just makes me feel like, okay, Bitcoin is coming down. It's going to be affecting those people that are really the holders of Bitcoin that have Bitcoin in their portfolios. Um, and also we have the sun, which then is also, of course, opposition, the natal Neptune, because new moon, the moon and the sun are on the same side. And that is a representation of exhaustion. It's like, you know, we're here talking about Bitcoin and how we're so proud of it for holding up during this time. And I feel like Bitcoin's done. It's like Bitcoin's tired. like... I'm exhausted. Like, I just need a break, guys. Um, and also, another thing that I thought was really interesting is that Uranus is also square natal Neptune. So natal Neptune is really getting hit hard. And that's like where it's kind of like testing its sanity. You know, we're going to talk again about Uranus soon with something else interesting that's happening with Uranus in general. But with Uranus, it is such a key planet for financial astrology because it shakes things up and it's it's testing bitcoin's sanity it's creating confusion and it's feeling disconnected now on top of that seeing as we're talking about uranus now the natal uranus of bitcoin is um has mercury in its opposition and even with that mercury represents what it represents intellect. It represents the head the, as the physical part of the body. It's literally like the head. And when it's an opposition, a challenging aspect to the natal Uranus of Bitcoin, it's headaches, anxiety, nervousness. It's like mm -hmm. this ugly volatility again to the downside is just being confirmed for me. Now, um, there were a few other kind of like not so fun aspects at the moment um or around this new moon time with mercury conjunction the natal saturn um which is happening in the third house so that's all about um means of communication this made me think maybe some sort of news will come out around bitcoin that will see this significant drop um but to kind of end it on a bit more of a positive note in regards to this new moon period is that we do have a Jupiter, which is trine the natal sun of Bitcoin. And Jupiter is the planet of expansion, of abundance. And it's also, you know, one of the outermost planets. So it can give us more of like a long run emotion or a long run feel around this. And I feel that this Jupiter trying the natal sun does give us hope for the long run for its future plans. And that this is really just an opportunity for Bitcoin to go through this purge, go through what it needs to go through. This is also happening in the 10th house, which again is around 
regulation. So it's funny because in my notes, before we started recording this, I actually already wrote ETFs question mark. Could something like kind of just be happening in behind the scenes around the ETFs, but it's just not its time yet. It's just not its time yet. It's preparing this regulation stuff is currently just holding it back. Um, so it's not all dead and over for Bitcoin. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's written all through the astrology. We're just getting started. And so I loved seeing that kind of like slither of like a golden line through a bit of the darkness that Bitcoin's going to go through soon. But um, again, growing pains right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's always that element. Um, there's, it, it's never, it's never a straight line. Mm. It's never a straight line navigating through the regulation. Adoption is, is not, um, is not a straight line. And um, it's just about being able to sort of ride that out and, and recognize where we're going in the long term and really take advantage of those times like i don't with for, for bitcoin i really don't see a pullback as a negative to be honest like i get excited mm -hmm. for a pullback so um you know and it, it's really about like positioning yourself to be able to take advantage of those pullbacks and be ready for yeah. them and have have those orders set in so um we also have some conversations around mercury mercury retrograde mm -hmm. At the time of the new, at the time of the new moon, it's in Virgo, but then we also have um, have that move. So again, you know, we've got Mercury is communication, intellect, and rational thinking, and so you're probably feeling it at the moment. This analytical, more analytical, detailed oriented nature, um, precision, organization, and you know, focus on the practical, and that comes from that Virgo element. So. Um, the the shadow side of Virgo can be this like desire for perfection, which can really hold you back. Um, and mm. and again, like we've seen this period of you know just kind of stagnation really, and um, because it's more of like this very conservative um, approach. And so I think that I think we've been experiencing that. And um, and again, you've got the it, it's all about Virgo is all about community. Sorry. Mercury is all about communication. And um, so we're seeing a lot of that. I think that that's been, it has been more detail orientated um, and coming into this new moon, the communication, it is about the smaller details, these ETFs, like, okay, everybody got excited when they announced that they were launching, but like, let's get into the nitty gritty of actually, what is the process that they're going through um, to get these like so there's a lot of a lot of that kind of like precision energy is what I feel yeah that's so true it, it has been a lot of um I just feel like over analyzing I personally feel that too um and having to like release that so I think that's a really interesting thought there um yeah. and I kind of feel like that's in general what the world has been doing right now with overanalyzing everything that's going on. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so we actually have specifically, so at the moment we are, and as you guys are listening, 
listening to this, we are still in pre-Mercury retrograde. And I find that Bitcoin is more affected during pre-Mercury retrograde than the actual full Mercury retrograde. Now, it's fully going into Mercury retrograde on the 23rd of August. And we also have another interesting event happening around that time, right, Claire? We do. So BRICS, um, we have the BRICS nations are meeting on the tour. They start in South Africa on the 22nd of August. And, Wild. you know, there's a lot of talk around, um, I mean, there's a lot of things that they're talking about for sure. But one of the things that's being sort of thrown around is a gold-backed currency. So some people think that um, it will be announced during this meeting. Some people think that it won't, but it's definitely coming. And some other people even think it's going to be Bitcoin. Um, I don't mm. think it's going to be Bitcoin. I'll Neither. just put that out there. I do think it's going to be gold back for a couple of reasons. You know, and the reason I think that it is coming as well, I agree with the people that, you know, think that it is definitely coming, whether it's announced at this meeting or whether it's announced later later down the track. But all of these countries are developing their own CBDCs. And so, but they are likely to create and use a common settlement currency and that will be backed by something. So it's, I think it's more likely to be backed by gold than Bitcoin. Um, yeah. And because there's so many things that have shifted even for gold in the last few years, you know, the um, Bank of International Settlements reclassified gold as a T1 asset. Um, you know, they wouldn't have done that if it wasn't going to be significant um, for securing a, the system in some way. Central banks have been repatriating their gold. And, you know, we've seen Russia, China, India, South Africa, and we can even add Saudi Arabia to that list. They have bought more gold in the last 18 months than any time in history. Wow. So something's, something's going on with gold. So so that's um, that's quite interesting. And again, as you know, it's about the communication. You know, when it's, when it's mercury retrograde, it's about the intellect, it's about the communication. And um, so during that time, you know, is this going to be announced? Are they going to be talking about that they're, they're going to be moving forward with it? There are a lot of countries that have come out publicly. India, um, I think it was also South Africa that said, we have no intention of creating a BRICS nation's currency. So, um, you know, that's very mercury retrograde communication you know, confusion, creating mm. confusion when all of the practical signs are pointing towards there will be one at some point, yet they're coming out publicly and saying, oh, we've never even talked about that. We're not interested in doing that. So, yeah, so yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. That is super interesting. And, you know, it's funny every time we like to talk about these sorts of things, It my mind always goes back to, well, uh, yeah, Saturn is in Pisces. And Saturn yeah. is retrograde in Pisces and still will be for quite some time. And so I'm constantly just like waiting for the illusions. Where are all the illusions? Um, and eventually they do pop out. Of course, it's all going to come out in the October eclipses, most likely, because that's when everything's exposed. Um, and also Neptune is still in retrograde in Pisces. Um so there's just a lot of the behind the scenes and things that are not being fully spoken out loud about um, 
that are just going on. And, you know, it's, it's there for us to see, but not in the wide open. Like you just said, they've been buying gold and heightened activities um, of them buying gold. But that then they come out and be like, oh, no, we never even spoke about it. It's kind of like, mm. it yeah. kind of feels like to try and be focused on a positive side. It's kind of like the parents when they try and protect the children and they don't want them to know everything. That's like the feeling yeah. I get, but I'm like. Yeah, I don't think it's a yeah. negative thing. I think it's always, you know, when people are in positions of power in, in government and you know, I would even say this about, you know, Jerome Powell and things like that. Like one of his main jobs is communicating in such a way that it doesn't cause people to rush into something, you know, mm. for either, you know, either spurred on by greed or either spurred on by um, fear. fear. You know, they don't want to cause these disruptions and imbalances in in the markets in any way, shape or form. So it's, you know, I think there is a skill in, you know, and a recognition that government officials are, are not going to give you the full information because they don't want yeah. people to panic until they've actually figured it out themselves. That's give, really giving them the benefit of the doubt, by the way. But, you know, I think that there needs to be an element of that as well, because, you know, we, we don't want crazy markets either. And, um, you know, people just rushing into things because they think, well, that's going to that's going to go up or, you know, those kind of things. And it, it really causes like imbalances in the market and, um, you know, just makes the markets a little bit weaker and a little bit harder to interpret as well. But there is something since yeah. you said about, um, you know, Saturn and Pisces and these little glimpses of, you know, popping out from the illusion. Um, it, Fitch downgraded the US credit rating um, a couple of days ago, citing mounting debt and political divisions. So I feel like I talked about it in one of the other episodes about this, like Pisces really being having this illusionary quality. We'll talk about it a little bit when we talk about the, the full moon as well. But it's like, I spoke about how, you know, it's called the American dream. It's not called the American reality. And, um, you know, that American dream optimism and hope is really much more marketable than reality, you know, and that American dream has really driven the, you know, the American rule for the, for the last hundred years or whatever. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and the, the hope of that dream has really kept things running. Whereas the American reality is more, you know, yes, you can, you can borrow a lot to buy a house. You can lease a car, you can, you know, you can create a lifestyle on credit cards and maybe people, some people living in other countries. So it's not exactly the same as the American dream. That's the American reality. And it keeps you locked into this system of, you know, con continually working and having to meet those, those debts, the, um, the demands of those debts. And maybe to people living in other countries, that, that is a dream in some way, because they're still, you know, working really hard and stuck in these jobs and they don't have access to the debt to be able to create a lifestyle in that way. But it's still, you know, you have these glimpses of reality coming through. And I think this downgrade of the credit rating is one of those, um, is one of those glimpses of American dream versus American reality. And some mm -hmm. people have, some 
analysts have said that it should have been downgraded even more. Other investors and hedge fund managers are not even worried about it. They're not, they're not bothered by the, the, rate, the rating downgrade. So, but I think it's just sort of, it is an indication of like, you know, it's not, we're not living the American dream here. We're living the American reality. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's so interesting to see all these just shifts and changes. And, you know, as we continue to say, year of transformation, and it's happening in all areas. And, you know, what's so interesting too, on the 27th of August, we have Mars shifting out of Virgo into Libra. And even just as you were talking about BRICS Nation and maybe them like not fully announcing things or these shifts and changes also around like the credit systems. And I heard some uncomfortable clips of Gary Gensler talking about social credit scores and whatever. I'll leave that up to you guys to go and Google and have fun looking into that because um, I don't even want to put energy towards that. But yeah. Mars shifting into Libra. So let's remember Mars is the planet of war, of aggression. Um, and Libra is the sign of justice. And I wonder what it's going to spark because we're going to be in that. I have it here until the 12th of October. So, you know, that's over a month. And I feel like Mars in Libra is where people get to kind of like pull out their swords and like stand up for like what they believe in. Um, and so I wonder like, even with this whole BRICS things, what kind of announcements they might have, um, mm. or if you can think of anything else that might be coming up and then just the people, the people standing up for just like what they believe is fair and what they want to stand up for and fight for and their rights. Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting date to keep an eye out of too. Sure. 27th of August. Mm. 27th of August. Okay, interesting because, yeah, it's, Mars is currently in Virgo. So it's like Mars is that energy, action, and assertiveness, right? And so at the moment it's in that like very kind of practical you know analytical sign of virgo and so mm -hmm. it it's like energy to you know it brings that mars aggression and fire towards a methodical sort of efficient endeavors in a way so it, it almost sort of it i want to say balances it out in the way that they, they nullify each other's energies but it sort of gives us more directional energy and then as you said leading into Le uh, to Libra which is all about justice and things like that but what came to mind for me is like what does that look like for people in terms of like standing up for what they believe in fighting for what is right because you know previously we sort of see that as people coming out and they're protesting and they're marching and things like that and mm. I just don't see that as an effective way to do things anymore you know I'm not yeah. criticizing that anybody that feels like they want to do that or as part of a union and they you know they strike and they do that you know that that's that's um you know entirely up to you but I find it so fascinating 
watching these strikes that are going on in America at the moment, in Hollywood. They've had the writer's strike, which has been going on for quite some time. And then they now have the SAG after actors as well um, that are going on strike. So they're not allowed to make any movies, promote any movies. Um, and I think it's really interesting because a lot of the things that they're sort of, they're talking about in there are royalties when things are sold to other networks, royalties for the actual actors. And they're also talking about these clauses about using their images, you know, using their likeness. And what has sort of come out, which I think people are very shocked about, is that the actual production houses or studios um, in once the actors have made a movie with them, they own the rights to that to that movie. And what they also mm -hmm. own is the rights to the likeness. So if you've made a movie with them, they can digitally digitally recreate your likeness and produce as many movies as they want. What? So these are the sort of negotiations. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, wow. And so these are the sort of negotiations that are coming out. But I feel like the way to negotiate this, so they're sort of pushing back on, you know, the use of AI and eliminating them from the movie making process. Now, obviously, that won't happen entirely. But I do sort of think, like, why would a move, like, why would a studio want to use an up-and-coming actress when they can use the digital likeness of Audrey Hepburn or Marilyn Monroe or, you know, I think we're yeah. going to see, like, things like that um, happen. I mean... So for people that are still alive, they can have their likeness in a movie that has nothing to do with them. They're making no money from this. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about, but the way that they're going about standing up for their rights, obviously this sounds wrong. It doesn't sound fair. It sounds, but is that they're going out, they're going on strike. So they're almost pushing the studios into, well, we can't make movies at the moment because the actors are on strike. So how are we going to do it? Well, can we do it with AI? It's almost pushing them in the opposite oh, direction of where oh. you want them to be going. Now, obviously I think there's going to be some balance in this. As, as I said, I think, with all of this kind of like AI stuff, I think that things that are real are going to make a real comeback, um, you know, in a way. And I think that there's always going to be this element of, you know, people that are really talented actors and really talented writers and people with ideas, you know, um, they're almost going to partner with the new technology and there's, there's going to be space for that. Um, and it's going to create something new. But in the meantime, there's a lot of back and forth. So it's interesting that you say that in terms of justice. And I think what we need to really sort of what I'm kind of, you know, channeling from that is that we need to really recognize, like, what is the outcome that we desire? What does justice look like for us in our own personal life? And what does what is it that we want to stand up for? And what is the best way to achieve those goals? Because I don't think taking to the streets and protesting seems to be particularly effective anymore, um, as, especially as it once was. But it's more, how do I navigate this terrain and make myself unfuckwithable, basically?
you know, and, you know, taking that back into Bitcoin again, it's like that self-custody element, DCAing into Bitcoin. This Bitcoin is literally unfuckwithable money. And so literally like how, you know, how do I position myself that they, they can't fuck with me? <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, I'm going to take that also as an opportunity for, you know, and those people that like, uh, hear us even in like other social medias or like my students, they know that like, I am constantly I am going to use the word nagging because it's kind of like a mother that like wants to nag like their daughters and sons and be like, if you do not own your private keys, you do not own your crypto. If you are currently holding your Bitcoin, ladies and gentlemen, on Coinbase, on crypto.com on binance on bybit on any of these what we call centralized exchanges that do not give you access to your private keys you are not holding bitcoin on a chain that means you are holding bitcoin off chain which is just like on an order book but you don't actually own your crypto so you might be walking around thinking you have this unfuckwithable money but you don't so because I love you I'm going to tell you that you need to shift your crypto no financial advice but <laughs> because I love you shift your crypto please shift your crypto to somewhere where you have something called your private keys some that you could use I'm not affiliated with any of these, neither is Claire, we're not affiliated, but you can look into something like MetaMask. Even that's not fully decentralized. That is a hybrid, but at least you have access to your private keys. Something like Exodus. Honestly, if you can start looking into something that we call cold storage, like a Trezor, that is actually where you get to store your crypto completely offline but on chain because you have what's called your private keys one last thing to that even there if you're like oh corinne i got this i got my trezor i have my exodus my bitcoin is on there but you don't have your private keys written down pen and paper and stored somewhere safe you still are at a risk of you potentially losing your crypto. So get your private keys, then write down your private keys and keep that stored somewhere so that you then are actually in ownership of that money. This is really important. And I say that with so much love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then pivoting into something... <laughs> which is also not um, not decentralized at all, but is still kind of innovative and, um, you know, interesting for the crypto space is that we have PayPal has launched their own stable coin called um, oh my God. USD. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> you know why I laugh with that? You know what? The, one of the first things that went through my head was when PayPal launched this. I was like, yeah, because you withheld so many people's money that you now have enough money to back your own stable coin. Yeah. Like, 
Oh my god. I I was gonna get I was gonna pivot into to that part as well. But, oh, you um, were? <laughs> yeah, definitely, because that is one of the things that you have mm. to be aware of. But I mean, look, PayPal mm. has was one of the most innovative um payment systems of its time you know it really it really shifted um online payments like it was a really important part of that um that evolution and so um yeah they launched a couple of days ago they they announced the launch of paypal usd and it's the firm's own us dollar backed stable coin um it's issued by paxos trust co um mm. and um which is really interesting because if you will remember a few episodes ago, we talked about Paxos sort of being attacked for its because it also issued BUSD, which is Binance's stablecoin. And um, by the, New York, I think, was the state that really went after them. And so it's we even said during that episode that the attack really was more directed at Binance. It was sort of the only way mm. that the US could, uh, you know, could attack Binance. Um, um, Paxos, I think is actually a really good company. They're very, very transparent with what they do. They're heavily regulated. Um, and so that was obviously more about Binance than it was about Paxos because now they've been approved to, um, to launch this stable coin and issue this stable coin with PayPal. So it all depends on who you're who you're friends with in, in the regulators i guess you know who the companies are friends with and the regulators binance obviously pissed a lot of people yeah. off paypal is very friendly with the regulators um it'll be issued on the ethereum network as an erc20 token and is backed by paypal's short-term treasuries dollar deposits and cash equivalents so not fully one for one dollar backed though mm. So um, it's not completely out of the blue because PayPal does already support transactions with crypto like Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, and Litecoin in its app. And the company secured um, the new, a New York Bit license last year in June, which enables customers in the state to engage in crypto transactions as well. And New York is one of the, the highest bars for regulation um, across in the world. Yes. You know, it's really tough yeah. to get regulation from New York. Um, so, yeah, the the impact is could be pretty considerable in a in a positive way. I mean, just looking at like eBay, seventy percent of eBay transactions are processed through PayPal. So, Huge. if that shifts over to using their, you know, stablecoin, I mean, this is quite a like an integration of web two into the crypto ecosystem. Like it's really, it really is quite a powerful bridge. And, yes. um, but as we sort of just hinted at, there are some potential downsides as um, you know, PayPal has the ability to freeze that stable coin at any time. And it's something that you should definitely be aware of, especially considering that PayPal has a history of limiting and restricting accounts. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really, it also, it's interesting that they decided to launch it on Ethereum because they had originally planned to launch the stable coin on Solana, but, um, after the FTX incident, they've, they've gone with Ethereum ERC20 token instead. So, yeah. um, and the other thing that I kind of laughed at, but I just roll my eyes at in true crypto fashion, 
something for everyone listening to this should be aware of. You need to stay cautious of fraudulent tokens because even as of a couple of days ago, since the announcement, there's almost 30 fake PYUSD tokens that have appeared. So just be really careful that you're interacting with the real one. That's ridiculous. And actually, <laughs> that just reminds me X, right? We spoke mm. about how Twitter has now become X, the amount of X coins. Guys, there is no X coin. Elon Musk has not launched an X coin. If you are in an X coin, it's a scam. So please be careful. Um, but I do feel like this PayPal news is really great. Crypto adoption, which is what we want to see. We want to see these types of integrations and growths because, again, it just allows for more and more people to start to adopt um, even just the ideas behind the crypto space. Um, that just reminded me, I read just earlier today, um, seeing as, you know, you were kind of just mentioning it's not what you know, but who you know sometimes. Um, mm. So, you know, for these kinds of companies to be building certain types of relationships um, is very important. And Binance has not been so friendly with the SEC, and that's why they are currently not operating in the U.S. anymore. But as of today, I believe, Binance actually became El Salvador's first licensed crypto exchange. Um, and Binance now is licensed across 18 countries. Some of the ones on the list there are Dubai, France, Italy, Spain, Japan, and Sweden. Um, and now they've just added El Salvador as well. So it's interesting to see also the various um, exchanges kind of expanding around the world who accepts what, um, but it's all like these, like you just said, like just partnerships and who they like. Um, it's, it's a very interesting monopoly game. For sure. Because it's played. Definitely. I think mm. in the U S it's really like the sec sort of attempts to rule with an iron fist. And I think a lot of people assume if you're ostracized from the U S then it means that everywhere in the world is out, you're out everywhere in the world. Whereas that's just not the case for Biden. And I think yeah. a lot of the times what it is, is that there's this sort of inference that, Oh, well, the sec doesn't approve of you. So therefore then they must know something that we don't, and you must be dodgy. Whereas that's not actually mm. true. Like in the case of Coinbase, they're just like, no, we're not, we're not agreeing to your ridiculous terms. And so we'll go, we'll take it to court, you know? And I think that that's probably the same thing with Binance, not saying that there isn't some, there aren't dodgy things. I have absolutely no idea to make a call on that. But just because the SEC hates them, <laughs> then um, literally it doesn't automatically mean that there are dodgy things. It may just well be that they have said, we're not abiding by your terms, your restrictive terms. We're not running our business in that way. So um, yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah. El Salvador, a couple of other countries on that list, they still, um, you know, obviously they were able to negotiate terms of finance that were acceptable to both parties. So yeah, no, it is it is super interesting. And 
Um, so many shifts and changes this year. I still feel like, you know, by October when we're going to have this eclipse season, there's still plenty of shifts and changes to come. Um, and one more really interesting um, change that we're seeing in the planets before the next full moon in Pisces is Uranus. As I did say earlier, Uranus is such an important planet when it comes to financial astrology, um, but really for our world at the moment, because Uranus has been in Taurus for quite some time. And as of the 29th of August, it's going into retrograde. So we had had a episode where we spoke quite in depth about Uranus um, and how it really is like the planet of innovation and revolution. Um, and it creates a lot of like unpredictability. So especially while Uranus has been in the plant, uh, in the sign of Taurus, which is an earth sign, which is stability, security, um, and it being earth has actually gone and created earthquakes because Uranus, Uranus, literally the planet that rules earthquakes. So we've seen earthquakes happen already this year um, in various places around the world. But also we brought up the fact of, you know, potential shakeups happening also around our material world. Mm. Um, and especially as it goes into retrograde, you know, especially finances, food, the environment. So this is really interesting um, that it's coming up as I think that, you know, Bitcoin, we will see start to take a bit of a tumble. Um, what do you think about this one, Claire? Yeah, I think Uranus is a really interesting one. Like it's the great awakener, you know, it's all about the unconventional creativity, originality and revolution. So that even ties in with what you were just saying, um, you know, about Libra, about justice, about truth, about, about balance, honesty, you know, and so that it's, it really sort of has that vibe of that. So Uranus is a, re it really is a great awakener, planet of change, disruption and liberation. And it's, you know, it's also sudden changes, like mm. sweeping reforms. You know, the last time that um, Uranus was in Taurus was from 1943 to 1941. So it was the Great Depression, World War II. And then a few years later, Bretton Woods, and they had massive financial reforms with the IMF and then the US dollar becoming the global reserve currency. So it really mm. is that time of change, disruption, and ultimately leading though to liberation. So it's not just change and disruption, you know, on the negative, it's to shake things up to liberate. And so, um, yeah, I think that's, that could be really interesting too. Like we said last episode, ladies and gentlemen, buckle up because it's going to be a bumpy ride, but we're headed in the right direction. This, we like to focus on the light. Exactly, we do. We, we want to stay in the light. Um, yeah, I mean, this year this year is, it's it's bumpy. It's, it's really, the, like you said, growing pains is a really beautiful way to describe it. You can't go around, you can't grow 
without growing through these shifts, these changes, the shedding, the pruning. And, um, you know, we want to make sure that that's, we, we want to allow Bitcoin to have those cycles as well, right? And mm. not be scared or not be upset when the, those things are happening and just know that like there there is, you know, it, it is it is in the interest of liberation. When it's Uranus, that's the goal. It's about liberation. Mm, yes. And Uranus also is, um, it rules Aquarius. Mm. And we are in the Aquarian age. So it's all about that. That's where we're headed. And, you know, I think that kind of perfectly brings it into what is going to be our next full moon. Yeah. which we're headed towards, which is the 30th of August. And it's happening in dreamy, divine Pisces. Yeah. So that's what we're headed towards now today for you guys on this new moon. It's just about really setting those intentions. Hopefully all of the release is over and you can really start to head towards what I believe is just like a higher, a higher energy, a higher vibration, even a higher just version of yourself, um, where when you get into that full moon in Pisces, you'll really be able to step into that, that 5D, that dreamland, but making your dreamland become your reality, because at the end of the day, you know, first you see it in your mind and then you hold it in your hands um and I feel like there's this beautiful flow between those two energies from this new moon in Leo headed towards that full mm. moon in Pisces um and I feel like even though you know man-made calendar says from January to December I feel like we're really heading into this energy of like a new year a new something is coming soon um and, and it happens more and more frequently because we are shifting so quickly mm. um, through just the shifts and changes. And it's like really, really by the end of the calendar year, we're going to see a whole new world. I mean, if you already start to look back now from the start of this year, just how many shifts and changes we've had. Um, so I feel like in between this man-made calendar year, we've just had a so many new years and I feel like this is another one absolutely absolutely and I think that the combination the beautiful quality between this time between the Leo new moon which is really about like you know being desiring from your heart like what is in your heart what do you desire what's in your heart and um, living from that space and moving into the space of Pisces which is very dreamy it's like allowing yourself to dream what's in your heart, you know, the, the desires of your heart, bringing them into that dream space. And then it's, so it's, then the process is from the, the metaphysical into the physical. And so it's kind of a beautiful process. And I think with, um, with the Pisces full moon as well, we can sort of see, expect to see some of the illusions as well. Some illusions that we've held maybe in ourselves, um, or about the world that we live in, um, they will sort of, we will release those, those will be released. So um, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens there too. Beautiful. And well, so everybody play safe, 
when it comes to crypto in these next two weeks, if it hasn't happened yet, buckle up for the purge. But remember, it's just part of the process, the growing pains. We accept the purge because we get to heal from it. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it, cre it creates space for the new as well. You know, the purge mm. is that creates space, right? And um, clear, it clears out what's not necessary, what's not coming with us into the next phase. So it's good. Amazing. Awesome. On that note, shall we close? <laughs> we should. Yeah. Happy. I think happy new moon. Yeah. Happy new moon and Leo. Enjoy. To everybody. Everybody make sure that, yeah, really get those intentions down from the heart. Absolutely. See you in a couple Peace of weeks. Love. Peace and love and Bitcoin. Peace, love and Bitcoin. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bitcoin Zodiac podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussions about the evolution of Bitcoin viewed through the lens of financial astrology. This podcast does not offer financial advice, so please make sure you do your own research. And stay tuned for our next episode where we will continue to dive deeper and build off these perception-expanding topics. Remember, whatever your beliefs may be, we all have something to learn from each other. So stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. As always, may the stars align in your favor and your crypto investments prosper. Until next time, peace, love, and Bitcoin.